ESPN Network. Browns fans talking to Browns fans. What makes a man? Is it the power in his hands? Is it his quest for glory? Give it all you got to, to fight to the top. So we can know your story. We fired Sashi and kept Hugh Jackson. Oh, I'm so f***ing excited. Live it, live it. Yes. I'm so ecstatic that Jimmy Haslam is our owner. Can you sense the f***ing sarcasm? Welcome to Manly by Nature here on the DBN Network. I am manly and loving it. Although I'm not loving it today, people. As you're aware, I'm sure, we fired Sashi Brown and... Jimmy Haslam, our moronic piece of shit owner. Not our, the Browns. Not that I'm backing up from being a Browns fan, but I'm just, you know, I, I'm, I, when I talk about Auburn, Auburn football team and stuff, I say our and we, because I went to Auburn, I graduated from Auburn, I paid them a bunch of tuition, I have a piece of paper on my wall that says Auburn University graduate. I am part of Auburn, I'm part of the Auburn family, so... Yeah, I say we an hour, but I'm not technically involved with the Browns, so it's not really a we situation, so don't, ooh. Um, yeah, I, I hate Jimmy Haslam. <laughs> yeah, it's extremely frustrating that, once again, I was right. I hate being right all the time. <laughs> I said a couple weeks ago, that it was obvious that Sashi and Hugh, there was a power struggle going on, and that it was that ultimately, I believe Hugh. If anybody was going to win it, it'd be Hugh because he had the you know the favor of uh, of Jimmy Haslam. You know, and the main thing people will hang on Sashi is not getting a quarterback, right? Not getting the quarterback. How much of that can we can we honestly say? is on Sashi. Has at the end of the day when it comes to the the keystone uh, positions in the organization, the head of personnel, the head coach and the quarterback all evidence indicates that Jimmy Haslam gets who he wants. And if he's wrong, then he just throws other people under the bus, lets them take the fall. The same thing Hugh Jackson does. Because they can never admit they're wrong about anything. It's always, oh, this person, you know, we need a, a GM that has, or a personnel person that has more experienced, some more experienced at this, at running a team. Okay, so Sashi has been in the job for, you know, two years, basically, a year and a half, right? So the guy we brought in, he was a GM for Kansas City for four years. So that's the magic, like, what, you need three, three years qualifies you? as being an experienced guy versus two or four years instead of two uh, four instead of three what's the f***ing magic number there Jimmy Haslam it sounds like you're full of shit you know without if not for Haslam who has fired 
four heads of his personnel, four de facto GMs in five years. He took he took over ownership in 2012. It's now 2017. My rudimentary math skills tell me that's five years, and he has fired Heckert, Lombardi, Farmer, and Brown. Now, whether you think some of those were warranted, especially Lombardi, he still has fired four people in five years that are responsible for the direction of your franchise. If you're constantly revolving through, rotating through GMs, you're never going to have any sort of consistency because you bring in a new guy. You're obviously saying, you know, I don't like the, the guys that this guy's brought in. So you're, you're telling the new person, if not to replace the guys on the roster that the guys brought in, at least to go in a different direction. You know, like some guy on the NFL Network or something said that, you know, oh, this, the new GM, you know, that was a great hire. He's a guy that puts on a sweatshirt, puts on a ball cap, and evaluates players. What the f*** does that even mean? It's so stupid. People are so stupid. They just want to be right about, you know, f- needing football guys. So they're, they're happy when people get axed that have any, you know, anything that proves them right. So stupid. I'm very agitated, if you can't tell. But anyway, the quarterback thing, if not for Jimmy Haslam, we most likely, right, if you, we most likely, look, you just, just trust that I'm right on these things, okay? Because I'm always right about this shit. I've been right at every turn, and it's frustrating. I hate being right about the Browns, because it's usually bad things. If not for Haslam, we would not have Johnny Man. We would not have drafted Johnny Manziel. Most likely, we would have drafted either you know Bridgewater or Derek Carr. Which either one of those would have been way better than Manziel. Yeah, Bridgewater hasn't been playing this year, but you know that was because of a freak injury, an insane injury. Um, you know, and Keenum, you know Zimmer out in Minnesota, not wanting to kind of break up the the flow of what they're doing. But you know, Bridgewater had looked significantly better his second year he's showing improvement Derek Carr um most people would say that he's a good quarterback I mean there's always going to be people that have to be contrarians or that you know didn't like Carr coming out so now that he's had like now that he's had a little bit worse of a year than the last couple years it's like oh yeah see I was right most people would say that Derek Carr is a good NFL quarterback so if not for Haslam we would not have Manziel not for Hugh, we would not have signed RG3. So, you know, I don't understand how Haslam and Hugh think that Sashi is not the guy that has not gotten them their quarterback. Hugh didn't want Carson Wentz. All right, Mike Silver, who was, who was up Hugh's asshole. If I'm going to believe, as much as I, I don't like Mike Silver, I think he's a baby. Much as I don't like him, if anybody knows, and if I'm going to believe anybody as far as what Hugh Jackson wanted and liked or whatever, it's going to be Mike Silver because, like I said, he lives in Hugh Jackson's colon. He uh, Hugh Jackson wanted Goff and Garoppolo, he said, was the two quarterbacks he wanted, and he signed RG3. All, that, to me, points that he did not want Wentz, and there was talk about... Oh, Wednesday! Remember that Hugh Jackson ran Wentz through some weird drills, you know, holding a wet football, and he didn't do as well with that. And so, whatever. It, it's pretty obvious that he didn't want 
Wentz. Now, maybe Sashi didn't want Wentz too, but we, we, you know, we'll never know, I guess. Unless, you know, well, maybe we'll will at some point, but I don't know. But all, all, um, now Kaiser is a guy. Now, you, you know, when I don't understand how Hugh Jackson has this reputation as a player's coach, I think it's because, you know, he's a snake oil salesman. And he has that, like I said before, he has that pastor vibe where, you know, he'll sit you down and, son, you know, you're my guy. And, you know, you just got to blah, blah, you know, I'm going to be there for you and you're my guy. And, uh, you know, he just had, you know, he has this supreme confidence in his bullshit. And so people tend to believe people that have supreme confidence in their own horse It seems that Hugh Jackson didn't want Kaiser or was is not a huge fan. And you see what happens when he's not a huge fan of it. He throws you under the bus and he puts you in crappy positions to succeed. The, to me, the cardinal sin for a head coach is not being able to adapt to the players being rigid and in, in, in saying, you know, I I need guys that fit what I do. Your job is to coach the players that you have and put them in positions to succeed. Your job is not, at the NFL level, your job is not to acquire players, to not to get the guys you need. Your job, and Hugh Jackson was not there before Sashi and Paul D. Podesta, which Paul D. Podesta, he's still around, right? I saw that, you know, he's still the chief strategy all, what is he? What the fuck does that guy do? He doesn't seem to do anything. What is? What the fuck does that guy do? Is he? Pay, what do we pay him to do? Not we. What do the Browns pay him to do? Did it, was he on board with firing Sashi and bringing this new guy? Did he want to keep what? What the fuck does that guy do? You know. So I think you. It's it's so hard, in my opinion, to put. The, you know the to hang the quarterback situation around Sashi's neck because all the quarterbacks that we've and, you know Cody Kessler Hugh Jackson wanted Cody Kessler he you know this is my you gotta trust me on this he's my guy you know I'm not sure who as far as quarterbacks it's maybe Kaiser seems to be the only one really that Sashi maybe took the lead on so I don't see how, and he's a young guy. He's a, he's 21 years old. He's improved as he's gone on. I'm not saying he, you know, as a support, I'm not saying he's the guy, but I'm happy. I'm happy drafting a QB, and I'm happy going into next year with a new court or not a new quarterback with a, you know, Baker Mayfield or Rosen or whoever, and Kaiser. See, and the thing is, Sashi put the Browns in this position of having all these draft picks, having all this cap space, having, you know, a roster of good young players. Oh, we don't have, you know, we haven't had anybody that's done anything. Oh, so you, you don't think Agba and Miles Garrett are promising players. You don't think, you don't think Joe Schobert looks good. You don't think Sean Coleman has done a good job in his first year as a starter. I mean, oh, oh, our wide receivers, they drop too many balls. Okay. Corey Coleman, you don't, you don't think he um, has potential? I mean, you look at the, the other GM, like I said, the new guy, John, whatever. He, he drafted for the, for the Chiefs for four seasons. Go look at the players. He picked his first draft pick. Eric Fisher was his first draft pick. Number one overall. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. I'm sure we'll talk about this more later, so, you know, on other shows or on whatever. But I'm just very frustrated. I feel like as long as Jimmy Haslam is the owner, 
then things are never going to change because he he makes decisions on fucking whims. And he, like I said before, he lets people get into his ear and he makes these decisions that he should, that he should butt out of. Now, yeah, firing the GM is, is, you know, Haslam's role or whatever, but, you know, you, you brought the guy in, like I said, Hugh Jackson was not there before Sashi. You hired Hugh Jackson with Hugh understanding that he's going to be working with guys in the front office that we're going to implement more of an analytics-based approach or whatever. It's not like he was brought was here before, like he was hired to work with Ray Farmer or something, and he's like, well, I didn't sign up to work with Sashi or the analytics. Yeah, you did. That's exactly what you signed up to do. And so now you're all, oh, I can't win with these guys. I don't like their approach. I need guys that fit what I do. But then why did you take this f***ing job? Because every time... And w- Every time he was the head coach, he gets involved in power struggles because... Uh, talk about it more later. So, I'm frustrated about that. I'm frustrated with Jimmy Aslam. I mean, you hire people, and then, uh, you know... Oh, I'm going to be more patient. You, you've got to have patience to some degree. And ba- I mean, how is it that you have patience with Hugh Jackson, who's 1-27 as a head coach... Oh, Sashi is one in, was one in twenty seven as a you know GM. Yeah, but he said we're going to be bad. We're going to go through this process and we're rebuilding it from the ground up. That takes more than a year and a half. Haslam, you fucking idiot. <sighs> so I got a question. This I guess this ties in. This can tie into my frustration nicely, right? I got a question from Grenache about. How did um, I become a Browns fan? Now, on my very first episode of Manly by Nature, I went through this, but I wouldn't suggest really going back and listening to that episode. I was just learning how to do this, so my the audio quality was horrible. It was like jump the levels were jumping up and down from one segment to the next. So I'll just do a quick overview. Now, there's obviously people that have been around, you know, been hardcore fans a lot longer than me. So they've gone through suffering longer. But maybe I'm the curse. I don't know. Maybe I've cursed the organization. Although I'd like to think it's Haslam and not me. But who knows? I started following the team when Haslam took over. Um, Not because I'm like, ooh, Jimmy Haslam. It just so happened. I have always been a huge fan of football. You know, like a, uh, I grew up in, in Mobile, Alabama. Alabama does not have a pro football team. Alabama doesn't have any pro sports. And I, obviously Alabama is a very big college football place, and most people don't really care that much about the NFL. So I didn't have a natural team to follow. And, um, you know, my dad is like a big college football fan. He's not, he doesn't really care that much about the NFL. So he never really had a team. So, you know, I would watch, you know, the Falcons would be on some some weeks and the Saints because, you know, New Orleans is only like an hour and 45 minutes away from Mobile, two hours, something like that. So I never really had a team growing up, but I always liked the Browns. Um, When I was, you know, young, I saw them on TV, and it was just, to me, they looked like what football was supposed to look like. You know, they, they looked like they were straight out of the 60s. 
or the 50s, you know, the, the orange helmets, obviously, and the brown jerseys, and just very plain, and I don't know, they just looked, they had the look of, like, what you, as a kid, what you think of as, like, you know, football, and um, I just, I always liked them from afar, but I didn't really, you know, I just kind of watched NFL, like, I would just watch whatever was on, but I, I wouldn't really say I had, like, a, quote, team, but the Browns were kind of the team that I you know, admired from afar. And then when I went to college, I went to Auburn, an SEC school, obviously, and was very big into Auburn football, as I still am. And uh, so I I really didn't follow the NFL that much when I was um, in college. I mean, I followed it some. The thing is, like, when you're from somewhere, at least for me, and I know uh, other people that are like this, when you're from a place that doesn't really have, like, a pro team, like, you... you, um, when you're from like a sports or an NFL like city or you know surrounding area or whatever if you're from Oakland you're probably going to be a Raiders fan if you're from Cleveland you're probably going to be a Browns fan if you know if you're from Philly Eagles fan etc cuz it just you know it makes sense when you're from the middle of nowhere that doesn't have teams you may be a fan of who's like geographically closer to you but a lot of times it's like whoever you like fell in love with first is like a player you know, for me, like, my first basketball player that I, um, you know, when I, that I noticed or whatever was Shaq and Penny Hardaway, so I was a Magic fan growing up, and my first football player that I really followed was Brett Favre, so I liked the Packers, um, I still like the Packers because I love Aaron Rodgers, but I always liked the Browns, but like I said, it wasn't, like, it wasn't something that I, like, followed closely, it was just the the team that I that I always liked but wasn't really you know following that I didn't I just didn't follow NFL that closely growing up I just I like I said I just watched it um and so after college I started working in Birmingham and you when you go to an SEC school and then you live in like SEC country literally the headquarters of the SEC is in Birmingham you just get so tired of hearing about SEC football 24-7, three, the thing, you know, it is 365 in Alabama, college football. 24-7, 365, you get tired of hearing about Roll Tide and all that bullshit. So I was like, you know, and then a friend invited me to play fantasy football with him, and this was 2012, and so I started playing fantasy football, and I enjoyed it, and I was like, you know, I need to start watching NFL more. And I was like, you know, I always, I always liked the Browns as a kid, and I don't want to, you know, I wanted somebody to, to start following more closely, and I didn't want to just jump on um, a bandwagon. I was like, you know, I'm going I'm to start following the Browns more closely because I always liked them. Um, yeah, and that's the simple story pretty much of how I became a Browns fan. And then as I started, and then really when it, once I um, came across Dogs by Nature, which was during the head coach Search that ended up we hired we ended up hiring Chud. That's when I found Dogs by Nature. Cause I was looking for news on who, how the coaching search was going, where we're going to hire Chip Kelly or whatever. And then once I found Dogs by Nature, I really became more of a hardcore follower of uh, the Browns and stuff. But since I started following the team. Like I said, it was right when we hired, or excuse me, right when Haslam took over. Like, everything that I (laughs) liked about the Browns has pretty much been destroyed, you know? 
the uniforms have changed. We changed the, the everything from the shade of orange down, you know, to the actual design of the uniforms. We took away kind of the old school look to a large degree. And I, I don't, I still don't like the uniforms. And people were like, "Oh, it's not the big of a deal." I mean, for the Browns, I mean, it is a big deal, right? That's a big part of like who the Browns are. Is 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 their, um, you know, is the aesthetics. And I mean, I'm an aesthetics person anyway. I enjoy jerseys and uniforms and shit. Um, yeah, so I started following 2012. At the end of that season, you know, fired everybody. Brought in Chud. And so my f- the first thing we really did was hire Mike Lombardi to be the GM and hire Chud, which I like Chud fine. Uh, but you know, we had him for a year, fired our head coach after a year. So that was my introduction to Jimmy Haslam. I mean, everybody's introduction to Jimmy Haslam is, is itchy trigger, tr- itchy trigger finger, jackass man. And then, you know, bring in Petten and Ray Farmer and draft Johnny Manziel, which I was a hundred percent against, like so f-ing against change the uniforms the next year fire petting and farmer bring in sashi and finally something i'm i'm like excited about holy crap haslam is going to do something that i'm actually kind of looking forward to we're going to bring in these guys that are not going to necessarily follow the the same traditional football approaches that have caused us to suck for so long maybe something new will change things and maybe since we're hiring paul de podesta to be our chief strategy officer Whatever the f*** that is, what does that guy do? And we're bringing in, you know, promoting Sashi to to run this. And maybe, you know, it seems like we're putting in place people where Haslam can take a huge step back and get out of football operations. And like, oh, we're bringing in Hugh. Oh, we're bringing in a guy that people actually wanted. That's cool. But, you know, like I said, at the time, I even, even at the time I had reservations about like, well, isn't he like a traditional football guy? And now I'm just, uh, like, put me alone in a room for five minutes with Haslam and Hugh Jackson together, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then now we're keeping, we're committing to the guy that is Mr. CYA, which, you know, is cover, cover your ass. Did I already mention that? If you don't know, CYA is cover your ass, covering your ass, whatever. Mr. CYA and Hugh Jackson, him and Haslam and Hugh, apparently, you know, apparently are, are a match made in heaven. They're both snake oil salesmen. They're both guys that throw everybody else under the bus, and nothing's their fault. Even though it's, you know, to me it is like ninety nine point nine percent clear to me that a lot most of the issues we've had over the last two years you can attribute to Haslam and uh Hugh Jackson as far as RG3 and not taking uh Wentz and um just poor game management I mean I think if we still had Mike Pettin we would have a much better record than one in 27 if we had whoever like name a head uh, head coach that you think is mediocre to good 
and we would have a better record under them than Hugh Jackson, I fully believe. So yeah, I started following the Browns 2012, and it is just, you know, the Browns have been a shit show since 1999, but the last five years, I mean, like I said, looking back on it, have been especially rough, and of course, that has been my entire experience with the Browns, so, woo! Anyway, God damn it, man. Have a good one. Now you're a mile! Oh, mile, mile, mile! Now you're a mile, mile! Mile, 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 mile! Now you're a mile! M A N, mile, 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 mile! Now you're a mile! Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.